Greetings, metalheads, and welcome to Here Lies Metal, the podcast that brings you the origins, history, culture, and everything about metal that you could possibly think of. I am Maledictus, your host for today and all of eternity, and this is our first episode, so as we get underway here, we're going to really introduce the show and let you know what you're in for for as long as we do this show, hopefully for all of eternity until a giant comet hits the earth or metal ceases to exist. So I am your host, they'll call me Maledictus, that is my name. I have a history in metal, and we're going to go over how metal found me, because I don't think I found it. We could all say, we could all agree that it found me. So I guess I was, let's tell a little story before we get into the show. I was maybe about 11, 12 years old, and uh, in Catholic school, of course. Now, this is if there's no more perfect origin to make a metalhead, I don't know what is. When you're in public school, the oppression, I would imagine, is far less, and you have less reason to rebel since there are no bounds. You're allowed to come in school whatever you want. You could dress however you want. You know, we had to, uh, we were uniformed and separated and taught with fear and taught the fear of God every day. So metal might be a little more um, therapeutic to someone in that situation as opposed to someone that has more freedoms. Now, in my rebellious Catholic school days, I found my first metal bands. I would say it was my older brother who had befriended some new kids that came to the school, and they had an interest in metal. They knew what was up, and they gave him tapes, tapes of... It started with Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, things like that. And before that, I had never heard any of those guys. I had thought heavy men, you know, Aerosmith or something, or I was listening to Aerosmith and Run DMC, and I thought I was rebellious by listening to Poison's Open Up and Say Ah, whatever that album was, that terrible album was. I thought that was rebellious. And I would say the first metal I heard might have been Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. Now, I knew who Ozzy was. Ozzy was on the news. He was on the late-night talk shows. He was on Geraldo or Morton Downey Jr., or whatever we had at the time. And he was... We didn't understand him. He was he was bad. He was the guy that ate bats. He was the guy that made your kids kill themselves. And as a student, that's what I was taught, and uh, that's what I believe. I was like, we better stay away from that guy. That guy looks crazy. I, I'm terrified of that guy. But And I listened to his music, and I was... And I knew I was doing something wrong, listening to songs like Mr. Crowley and Suicide Solution. I was just gotta be, this is, I hopefully this isn't putting messages in my head. And hopefully I don't kill myself. I might not be able to control myself. So there's a lot of fears of the day. And Ozzy was one of my first experiences into metal. And as time went on, you know, I also had access to Black Sabbath, who I thought, you know, I heard this was Ozzy's previous band. And to me, like, it sounded evil, obviously, listening to something from the Paranoid album, like, as you're 12 or 13, you're like, wow, this is, this sounds evil. This is, this has to be devil worshipping. I'll, I'll listen to it, but I'm going to be careful because this must be devil worshipping. I, I, I know it had to be. My, the bounds of Catholic school, the fears and the control was still there. It was real. It was very real. 
And somehow, later on, this, these same kids my brother had befriended had introduced them to more albums. And around that time, Metallica's Justice for All had just came out. So we went and we got that album. And my brother brought it home. And we put it in the tape player. And I'd say the first song was Blackened. And you know how, you know how Blackened starts? You know how Blackened starts? You have this sort of guitar harmony. It's, I mean, if you listen to it now, you're like, oh, that kind of sounds a bit like Thin Lizzy, but, you know, a lot, a lot darker, a lot more evil sounding. And that's the first thing I heard, and I had never heard anything like that. And I was just scared of it, that sound, when it, as it fades in uh, to me. And, and then the lyrics of Black, and it's about, like, the end of the world or something. I had never heard anything like it. And as the album went on, I just got all these ideas in my head about how negative this album was and I of course would mishear a lot of the lyrics I wouldn't really understand what he was saying a lot of sort of funny things I'll, I'll go over that when we specifically go over that album Justice for All about all the misheard lyrics that's always fun there's a lot of funny ones but that was really my first uh, experience of what contemporary metal was and and slowly my guard was being lowered. I was scared of this stuff, but slowly it was making its way in. It was it was taking over, which is the last thing your parents want, especially back in 1988. So as time went on, I got more. Metallica seemed to be my band. That was, that was the band that was going to get me through 7th and 8th grade because things were not getting better. You know, you started getting really, you know, your, your, your place in the uh the hierarchy of of students this is an answer this is why metallica was is is what they are today like there's a whole generation of people that found their answers in metallica at the time and you have to thank them for, you have to give them that say what you want about them they're sellouts they're they're huge millionaire rock stars but they they had an important influence in many of our lives. And that's what Metallica was for me. Now, as high school went on, you sort of, you know, I say Metallica was pretty dominant for my first two years of high school. I probably saw them in concert a couple of times. And that was really it. That's all you had to worry about was Metallica. And, you know, I would go back to Black Sabbath, of course, once in a while. I was in jazz class at high school. So that basically meant you got to bring your guitar to school and play. I mean, jazz was really just secondary. It was a bunch of kids that like to play metal music that got to bring their guitars to school and when we weren't playing jazz maybe at the end of the class we can all jam out to some metal song so you know usually a metallica song or a lot of that, a lot of these kids liked rush as well let's uh, we'll go into that later of course that's how i discovered that kind of music now for the next stage of my lifelong metal indoctrination as my high school career and social standing in the high school world got lower and lower, as does happen with most metalheads. We needed a, a better, we needed a stronger drug than Metallica. Metallica, they just weren't doing it for your average high school kid, your average headbanger high school kid anymore. I mean, when the jocks and the bandies are also listening to Metallica because of the popularity as a result of the Black Album in the early 1990s, you kind of need something more. You're like, wow, they're they're on my music. I need something more. Of course, that wasn't the only reason. It just simply didn't do it anymore. So fortunately, again, my brother comes to the rescue here. He had 
met some more metalheads in his travels. Some guys that were into much heavier stuff. I mean, the real underground. So I was introduced to a band called Typo Negative. And of course, you might not really think that was much of an underground band, but in the early 90s, it kind of was. I mean, they had lyrics, songs like, I know you're fucking someone else, and jackhammer rape, and all sorts of just, like, things to someone like me. I was like, wow, that is, that is the most, that is the, the most extreme thing I'd ever heard from, from up to that point. So that's what I was looking for. I also introduced bands like Guar, course the perfect teen angst band i mean the violence the blood the show i mean it was perfect it's what i needed and as things got worse for me socially in high school this was the new answer this was the new drug so also i had my first experience with a real small venue um which was typo negative uh, my brother had brought me to a show i was 16 years old not even old enough to get into this show however my metal experiences would usually be depending on my age or what was going on in the situation at the time. There's a, it's a series of, of terrifying events, really. I mean, to me. I mean, you might not think they're that terrifying, but, you know, when you're first being exposed to such an environment, being spending the early part of your years sheltered in a Catholic school and an Italian-American home, these things might be shocking. My first stint into the metal underground was going to a cyber-negative show, at the limelight. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was in lower Manhattan. It was it was actually a church. So that seemed the decadence of that like couldn't even be measured. I mean, it it was a former church and they were playing heavy metal music in it. Like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And I wasn't even old enough to get in. Somehow I got in. I don't remember how they just let me in somehow. And of course, seeing this decadence, it was like Sodom and Gomorrah. It was this debauchery. They were I mean, terrifying to me because I'd never seen it, you know. Now I look back, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. But, you know, to a 16-year-old kid who was sheltered his whole life, you're seeing, you know, half-naked chicks making out with each other. And, of course, I was like, oh, my God, wow. Of course, you look back and you're like, wow, awesome. But back then, I was like, whoa. I had never seen anything like that. And, of course, first experience, mosh pits being crushed in a crowd. I'd never, I was like, how can people do this to each other? But, you know, that's just life at a metal show at any small club. So it was a learning experience to me. And uh, for some reason, I got hooked. You know, I it was a baptism by fire, but I got into it very quickly. And I found that that was going to be my life from now on. It was going to be going to shows like that. And it never really has stopped yet to this point. I mean, it, it's just been, it was my next step in the evolution. And it was my next step to get into a series of new, uh, heavier underground bands. This next batch of bands that would change my life and move my evolution in metal along to better worlds and horizons would be bands such as mentioned before, Guar and Typo Negative, and also bands like Merciful Fate and bands like Trouble. All, all of the heavier stuff I started discovering. I was hearing much heavier music that was from a local... New York scene, a lot of the hardcore scene was going on at the time, and, and that was very appealing to me, like the Agnostic Front and the uh, Sheer Terror, things like that. I was I was like, wow, this is speaking to me. This is so angry. This is so angsty, this music. This is what I need. It's heavy. So Metallica was a distant memory at this point. They they couldn't make, they couldn't, they didn't have the power. They didn't have the this dosage I needed of angst 
when you're a teenager and high school looks pretty bleak to you. There doesn't seem to be a future. There's, you know, women don't go near you. So metal is your answer. And this experience really set where I am today in, in my love of metal. And it was the next step. Of course, it would all come full circle at one point, but this was basically the next step in the evolution. We needed heavier stuff. So and at this point, later on, I started making my own music. I played guitar. I had been playing guitar since I was 12. So I was like, hey, I play guitar. I want a band. So I tried to find some kids. And of course, you know, they never were really into the kind of stuff I was into. You know, they mostly wanted to play like Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix, like classic rock crap, which I couldn't give a fuck about. I mean, I, I uh, obviously respect those bands, but I never cared much for Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, just overrated bands. I know everyone's going to send me hate mail right now, but, you know, just not interested. I mean, I like a few Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin songs. I don't, you know, whatever. They, they don't do anything for me. They're, they're not part of my journey, guys. Sorry. So the kids I found, you know, and it was easier when you were in high school, obviously, other kids would play guitar or drums or something. So I found these guys and we had a little band going and it was, you know, stupid metal songs. But, you know, I'd say uh, our, our skills were the best time to form a band is when you're like 17, 16. I mean, you're 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 so malleable at that point and your your creativity is just endless. That's when you have to do it. If you're going to do a band, you can't do it when you're 40. You got to do it when you're 16 and you got to make a decision. Like, am I going to go to college or am I going to do this? And you have to decide at that point what you're going to do. All the greatest bands did that. Like, they, like going to college and having a shitty job was not an option for them. Like, they were going to succeed or they were going to die. That was it. So that's the kind of thing you really have to get in your head. I mean, it's a different world today. Like, the industry obviously works a lot different these days. So that might not be as relevant today. Things are different. You could do a lot more things on your own. You don't really have to rely on a label these days. I'll maybe get into that in a different episode, how the music, how the industry has changed so much. But if you want to do music, kids, you got to you gotta make your decision when you're young. I'll, I'll, as a 40-year-old, I'm telling you that. There's no doing that now. I didn't do it. I got the job. I did all that. But, you know, fortunately, I could do this, though. I could share my knowledge with you. I could share my experience with you. Well, you rock out and you become rock stars. So... The next stage in my middle was heavier. It, it was it was getting eviler, and I was n- becoming less and less scared of it. By the time I was 17, 18, there was no fear anymore. There, we needed heavier, as heavier as we can go. We were listening to Carnivore. We were listening to Merciful Fate. We were listening to stuff, the most vile lyrics in Guar albums you could possibly think of, and it wasn't enough. We needed more. So this was our next step. And with that, that led us to there would eventually be a wall we would hit where it's like wow where are we going as i got to college the mind started expanding into different things and and at that point it didn't get heavier it it sort of regressed and not regressed in a bad way we expanded our mind into i would say prog rock and maybe electronic and new wave stuff like that stuff was starting be- to become really interesting especially prog rock i i think I, in my 20s i would have this whole huge phase of prog rock which still exists today but metal was always there it, it, it was the answer it was the go-to 
it's what really got us through life. Now, you could call my 20s sort of a musical renaissance, like I was saying. I got into a lot of other types of music, and prog rock was a major part of it. And we'll do a show on that. I mean, I know prog rock isn't metal, but I think a lot of metal is influenced by prog rock. You can give bands like Rush and Genesis and King Crimson a lot of a lot of credit in the formation of a lot of metal bands. They definitely, the methods of their playing and their guitar work are highly influential. Um, there's no reason to be closed-minded music for any kind of music. You could like whatever you want. We like metal. That's why we're listening to this show. But there's other things out there. And music is just the most important thing in our lives. And we have to find as much of it as we can. I consider myself a real music geek of all trades of the entire spectrum for the most part. I mean, I'd say I don't, I know, I can't really answer too many questions about pop music today. I mean, it's mostly awful, but when you really look at it, pop music has usually always been awful. I mean, in the 70s, there was some pretty bad pop music that, that was, that can rival today's awful music. So it's, I don't like when people say, oh, music was better back then. Well, it wasn't really. I mean, I guess if you say, in mainstream music, it was mostly better back then. There was a lot of mainstream acts that you could really relate to. Um, and I can't see the bands today or the acts today really having much lasting power as our bands did back then. But for the most part, there's always bad music. So, you know, old people, you know, need to uh, always keep their ears open, which is difficult, you know. And and today, and that, a lot of people might complain that there's no good metal today. And that's not true. There's no... There's not very good, too much good popular metal today, but that's, uh, and maybe that's something different from how things used to be back then. I guess it was easier to find popular metal, say in the early 80s, you had Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Metallica, all that stuff. It was all popular, it was all mainstream, and it was all good, whereas today we have a lot of metalcore, and, uh, which is really, I think, the next evolution of new metal. I mean, that stuff will always be there. There's a lot of, a lot of cores today. I think that's what really makes up the mainstream scene today. You have to put core after something. If you go onto the metal stations or on satellite radio, the music they're playing is mostly, I mean, the mainstream music, it's it's pretty harsh. It's pretty bad. But there's a new level of extremity that wasn't acceptable back then. There's a new standard of of edginess you have to be in, which didn't exist back then. So... You have to keep up this very heavy screaming kind of negative standard to really be noticed today. And that's why I appreciate a lot of bands that sound like old bands. I like a lot of new bands, but I realize a lot of the new bands I like sound like old bands. They're new bands, mostly from Sweden, it seems, that are trying to sound like old bands, which I don't know. I guess I like old music, but I like new bands sounding old. There's, you know gotta be something new sounding i like you know there's always something different you could do with sound we can't write it off but i I am guilty of that i'll give you that so let's get into why i'm doing this i'm doing this to keep up the tradition of metal i want to not only talk about metal but i want to talk about all things in history that metal might be based on or just metal events i mean i could give you some examples i mean if i'm gonna do a piece on alistair crowley that's pretty metal he's a He's a pretty metal kind of guy. He influenced a lot of metal. Or I'll do a piece on the Great Satanic Panic of the 80s, which was a, obviously a metal-based event. 
you know. So I'm like, we're going to do some history episodes that really might not have anything directly to do with music. We're just going to go over someone in history or some event in history that was, you could be like, wow, that's pretty metal, man. That's pretty brutal. So that'll be some of our show. But that's one of the reasons why I'm doing is to really just cause an interest in it. I'm not trying to do some public service here. It's really for me to just get all this garbage I have in my head out to you, and then you could be the judge of it. So that's why we're doing this. Now, another reason why I'm doing this podcast is I work, I don't know about you out there, but I work a nine to five. I'm not, this is my first episode. We're not making any money on this. Hopefully we will, but we'll get into that later. That's why we do podcasts, but I'm in the nine to five. It's pretty terrible. I've been doing that for better part of my life, 20 years. And you really have to get up and just do something different one day. You got to be like, you have to come home and do something creative. I mean, why would you just, there's so many people out there that just go home from their terrible jobs and just sit there and watch the TV. Uh, just your life is short. You've got to do a lot more than that. You got to do something creative, something that you love. Maybe it'll make you money. Maybe it won't, but do something. And this is what I'm doing. I, I have a lot of knowledge in music. There's a vast amount of knowledge crushed in my head that I've been acquiring my entire life. So it's time to just share it. And if you're listening or not, I don't care. I have to tell it to this microphone all of this information I have. So that's what we're going to do in this podcast. I am just going to tell you about albums, bands, history, playlists. We're just going to go over everything that is bothering me or or exciting me in the world of metal. When you go to your office job every day, it's it's soul crushing no matter what it is. Unless you have some unless you work for like Google or something and you have one of those cool jobs which most of us don't. You know, you're 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 coming home pretty spent. So you got to revitalize. You got to take your life back. Now, I always consider myself, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a little too creative for the grind. I mean, maybe some people aren't. Maybe some people are happy with that 9 to 5 grind every day. But I'm just too creative and too intelligent to do that. And I think a lot of you out there are too. That's why you're listening to this show. So we need to use our minds and stop being slaves. I'm calling you all to action. Get out there and do something. Let's make a creative world that will make the world more positive. People will hate each other less there you're all commuting to work in your cars or in the subway or in the bus and you just want to die you just want to walk in front of that bus one day don't you you know instead of getting in it you just want to walk in front of it don't you well if you're doing something you love maybe you wouldn't want to do that so we're all too creative for the grind so let's do something together it's lifetime knowledge and we have to share it with each other we have to tell each other the good word or the bad word that's why they call me maledictus i'm giving you the bad word you know, if I called myself Benedictus, that just wouldn't be very metal. That would be kind of religious. I would sound like a pope or something. Now let's go over what we're going to do exactly in this podcast. We're going to have a few different types of episodes in this podcast. Now the first type and the least frequent, these are going to be long episodes, just me babbling on about history and stuff. This is going to be the history of metal. Now, like I said before, we're going to have shows like the Satanic Panic or Maybe we'll go over the books of H.P. Lovecraft. That's kind of metal. That influenced a lot of metal. Or I have another idea for an episode about one of the origins of metal. Basically, a socioeconomic origin. It's called England Sucks. And that's why we really have metal, because England sucks. England is a shithole of a place. That gave us metal. That helped give us what we know today as metal. Of course, they were American influences as well. But the real... The real um, core of metal, I would say, that we listen to came from the dingy, dark, 
soot-covered streets of austerity-infected uh, England. So that I think that will be a good episode. So those are the kind of things we're going to do in metal history. Um, the second kind of episode we're going to do is called Essential Metal. Now, what that is, is we're going to go over a specific album that that is essential in the history of metal, that has influenced bands today, that will always influence bands that will be remembered for all of eternity. One example of that would be The Blizzard of Oz from Ozzy Osbourne. That is one of the most important albums in metal history. You could say Metallica's first album, Kill 'Em All. Um, Iron Maiden's first album. Um, Black Sabbath, obviously. Judas Priest. I mean, these are mainstream um, examples of essential metal. We're also going to do um, underground examples of essentials, like you could say, like maybe Merciful Fate, or Overkill, or or you know, or Carnivore, or Type of Negative, things like that. You know, maybe bands that weren't as popular, but however, nevertheless, were just as influential. We've got our eye on all of it here at Here Lies Metal, and funny that the podcast is called Here Lies Metal because metal isn't dead. It kind of gives you that idea that metal is dead. Metal is not dead. That is what the podcast is called. Here Lies Metal. But metal is not dead, folks. And we're going to keep it alive. We're going to help keep it alive. There's so many other people doing this with us. But that's what we're going to do for you. Now, um, the third type of podcast are going to be playlist themes. So we're going to basically make a group of songs, put them on a playlist and play them. And I will obviously talk over them like a rude moviegoer, and I will just give you my notes about these songs, and they're not going to be specific from, like, they're not going to be albums. They're going to be different songs from different bands that make up a genre in metal. So we're going to go over, basically, we might make up genres, or we might go over genres that exist already, and we're just going to go over maybe, like, ten songs, and we're going to talk about them. And those are playlists. Hopefully we don't get sued. Um, next we're going to do another time episode, we're going to do metal bios, popular people in metal, specific people, specific individuals that either are responsible for metal that are musicians or have a major influence in metal, like maybe someone like Aleister Crowley or some sort of, uh, famous Satan worshiper that we might be interested in. We're like, wow, this guy's pretty metal. You know, he influenced a lot of metal people, even though he never played music. So those would be biographies. Those are basically almost be like history, but instead they're biographies. They're not specific events. They're about specific people in metal. So, and for the most part, that is what we're going to do on the spot. Unless I come up with any more. I mean, hey, I could, you know, we can't just plan everything out. We can always come up with new ideas. Um, Another thing I want to do, and we'll probably post this on our Instagram, is we're going to work on the Great Elder Tree of Metal. Um, You might have seen something like this before in um, a series that a guy named Sam Dunn made. He's basically considered himself a metal archaeologist, a metal anthropologist, sorry, and maybe an archaeologist as well. Uh, He basically made this tree of all the genres of metal over the origins, and he did a great job, but I want to do a more detail. I want to do a far more neurotic job than he did. I want to take this to a new level with my own neurotic thoughts of metal. I want to share that with you. And basically, we'll do a visual piece. We'll basically draw these things out and probably put them on Instagram to show you where this is going. This is going to be, of course, a lifelong event, making this tree. And it'll be altered, and it'll be ripped up and started over and burnt down and planted again. 
but we're gonna make the, that's gonna be our journey together we are gonna make the ultimate tree of metal and of course you guys out there are gonna help me with it because you guys know about metal you guys are metal and I want to hear what you guys have to say. Let's let's just be geeks about metal together. I know never metal in the past never really was associated with geekdom, but I think today it could be because metal is now for old people. We're old, and we have so much in our heads that we could be geeks about it. We could be scientists about this, and we're going to make metal into some neurotic science together, and that's what I want from you guys. So... Let's go into our first talking point, though. That's going to be the show, everyone. So if you have any questions, you know, feel free to give us an email at, um, what is our email? It's herelivesmetal at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us on Instagram. Um, that's at Metal Lies Here, or you can put something up there. Or uh, Facebook, Here Lies Metal, and Twitter, Here Lies Metal. It's all Here Lies Metal, except for Instagram. Instagram is Metal Lies Here. But hey, contact us. Give us your ideas. Tell us we suck. Do something. And we'll go over those addresses at the at the end of the show again. But I want you to know. I want you to know that you can call us up or not call us up. This isn't a radio show. But maybe we'll do that one day. That'll be cool. Maybe we could Skype people. Some people are able to do that. Uh, but I want you to contact us. That's what's most important. I want you out there, the people out there, the fans, the metal fans, people that like metal, people that hate metal, people that have something to add, metal historians, metal nerds, talk to me. Tell me about what you know about metal, okay? Now... We're going to go over our first talking point now. Now, as this show is called Here Lies Metal, the question is, is metal dead? And no, metal's not dead. Now, why do some think that? Like I said before, they'll listen to music today and they'll be like, this is just hopeless. What can we do with this? I want to listen to my Iron Maiden. I don't want to listen to this. But it's really dangerous to just have a closed mind like like that. We have to find new bands, and there are always bands out there. And like I said, I like a lot of the ones that sound like old bands, but those are new bands. They're trying to do something, and their sounds will evolve. Uh, but that's just my preference. But there's always, and they don't have to be mainstream. You have to go out there, and you really have to look for bands today to keep it alive. There are people out there doing amazing things, and I know it's not your, I don't know, all those bands they play on uh, Sirius XM, Liquid Metal, that cheesy station, and... There's so much better stuff. And that's the metal mainstream now, right now for the most part. I mean, you know, take it or leave it. It's it's what there is. But we could do better than that. Don't hate metal because of what you heard because you heard the Butcher Babies or something and you were like, wow, this is terrible. You know, there's so much more than that. And you know there is. There's good bands and there's bad bands. You know, you heard Trivium or something. You're like, wow, this is terrible. Yes, Trivium is terrible. I said it. They're terrible. Maybe they're nice guys. Hey, that guy looks like a nice guy. But um, you're you guys are like the nickelback of metal, okay? And I listened to Mickleback. I gave him a chance. You know, I was like, how bad can these guys really be? I heard that one song. And I was like, wow, this is pretty bad. So I'm going to listen to these guys. And I listened to them for a while. I was like, I couldn't. Like, this is terrible. This is the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. And I couldn't get through it. So I, I gave it a chance. Give it a chance. If you think something sucks, give it a chance. Go Well, you're sitting there at your boring job. Go on to, like, iTunes or something or Google Play Music or whatever wherever you find music, and just listen to stuff. Be like, just give it a chance. You have time. You have all the time all day. You're probably sitting there at a desk or something. Miserable. So listen to something. Instead of listening to people talk about Game of Thrones or something, listen to music. Expand your mind. Listen to this podcast while you're at work, too. Now, uh, metal today, like I mentioned before, is made up. 
there's so many Gen Xers in metal right now because we're the generation that really grew up with metal. So we're all old now. And that's why there's a lot of metal today sucks because like I said, the Gen Xers are all like, I remember Metallica, I remember Iron Maiden. And these guys might, you know, as, as much as they're supporting metal, you know, these old fogies like myself, we're damaging metal too. We're keeping it in this place and we have to expand our minds. I mean, a lot of the Gen Xers today, they're kind of downtrodden. They've, you know, they're working these jobs. They have families and, you know, they don't want, they don't want to think too much. I understand that. You guys are like, oh, fuck this. You know, I'm just, I just want to listen. This just makes me feel good. You know, this Iron Maiden album. And uh, I remember going to see them. I remember those good old days. There's a lot of nostalgia. A lot of these metal bands, these your, your dad metal, they're still around today, a lot of them. I mean, they're still making albums, like Iron Maiden and Metallica are making albums. And for some reason, I think there's a there's a discrepancy in this. There's a barrier um, based on the age of a band. Like, for example, Metallica come out, could come out with a brand new album, and people will treat it like it's a new album, and people will want to hear this album. But I feel like bands like Iron Maiden or Judas Priest, when they release a new album, and they do, Judas Priest is coming out with a new album next year, do people really want to hear it? I mean, obviously, people will love their old stuff. There's, there's never, there'll never be a question about that. But do, does people really want to hear a new Judas Priest album? I don't know. I, I don't. So I want, I want to hear from you. Though this new Judas Priest album does look interesting because of the cover art. It almost looks like they're going to do something retro, which goes back to my point, my self-defeating point again. But maybe it'll be okay. But Iron Maiden's last new album, this just not very interesting. I mean, do I want to hear old stuff? Of course. Do I want to hear new stuff? Uh, I don't think anyone really does. And I don't know. We're going to figure out together what this phenomenon is, why we want to hear a new Slayer album, or we want to hear a new Metallica album, or we want to hear a new Anthrax album, or Mega... Like, the big four, they do okay with this. But say say Manowar comes out with a new album. Did, did, we, did we really... Uh, have we really wanted to hear their new songs for the past 10 years? I'm not so sure. They're kind of difficult to listen to. I mean, maybe we should give them more of a chance. But th they kind of fall under that 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 group where it's like I don't really I don't I just want to hear your old stuff. So we got to figure that out why why that works for some bands and why it doesn't for others. And there's so many new bands today that 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 are from this century that keep this flame going. We thank them for for keeping this music this type of music going which is amazing. I mean, and you also have a lot of bands, many of them from Sweden, that are taking some old genre of music like like crossover thrash or doom metal and they're playing it today with a new spark. And of course, like obviously I like these bands because they're playing old sounding music. I'm like, wow, listen to Iron Reagan or Municipal Waste. I'm like, wow, that's crossover thrash. That's like DRI. That's awesome. Of course, they sound old, but you know, they're amazing though. And obviously bands like Power Trip, that's a band that won, I think, last year. They won some kind of award of best metal band, metal metal album of the year, or metal band, um, you know. And they're playing crossover, but it's great. There's so much energy in it. It's so much better than the stuff going on today. And that's a new band, so there's a lot of bands doing that, and that's the kind of stuff I like. So they are keeping the flame burning by keeping us Gen Xers happy, and I think young people listen to that. And I've been to plenty of their shows. A lot of young people there raising hell. And they're into it, so so they. I think that's another thing. Let's let's talk about millennials or even younger people. They like our music, okay? They're they're not. I don't think they're down with a lot of this new stuff either. They listen to Black Sabbath, they listen to old Metallica, and they love it. 
I was at an Iron Maiden show a few months ago, and there was a 16-year-old kid there telling me everything about Iron Maiden. All right, his, his pop taught him well. All right, so they're into it. They're keeping it alive, too. So stop bashing the millennials, people. They are keeping it alive. They want this music, too. Yeah, some of them like shitty music, I know. But uh, they're, they really are open-minded and creative people, a lot of them. And don't act like your dad's, you know, don't act like your baby boomer dad that, you know, didn't give you a chance. He thought your music sucked. Now you're going to think their music sucks. Give them a chance. Let's, let's keep it going. That's, that's my important message today. Keep your mind open and don't write off the younger generation because they're the ones that are going to make the next music. And yeah, some of them suck. Some of them, they will always will be people that suck. But I guarantee you a lot of them are going to make great music. They're going to be the... Somebody has to be the next legends, okay? There's got to be. Somebody's got to do it. Let's break the cycle of discouragement for the younger generation. Imagine if... A band like Metallica was told by someone, oh, would you guys stop just regurgitating that new wave British heavy metal sound and play something popular? Or what if Iron Maiden decided never to pursue their goal of pioneering metal and just settled for punk rock like they were expected to? Let's stop discouraging and let's encourage creativity. Just because we didn't make it music if we tried, we had bands or whatever, um, doesn't mean we have to pass our jaded attitude down to the next generation. Let them succeed. Let them try, at least. Then if they don't make it, they could get the shitty job like we did. In the meantime, we're going to just, people my age, I am going to talk about metal. All right, there's nothing else I can do. I can't have a band right now. I can't be in the band and go on tour. But I'm going to share all the metal knowledge with all of you if you are willing to listen. That is going to be basically what this show is about. We're going to do more episodes about different things. I'm mostly babbling on this show because I have pretty much a rough outline of what we're going to say in this show, but I have so much to say about what this show is going to be about that I'm just going in all directions at once. So, you know, if you have any uh, feedback, just be like, hey man, calm down one step at a time. You know, get the words out of your mouth one at a time. Don't try to get them all out. I'm trying, people. I'm very excited here to do this. Very excited that you're all listening here with me at Here Lies Metal. So um, what we're going to do here is we're going to put an end to this show. We're going to call a day on this show because we don't need to say much more. I mean, because we got to move on to the next show and we got to give you your first real episode. So with that in mind, we are going to say goodbye. Thanks to all of you listeners. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media, and that includes Twitter, uh, at Here Lies Metal, Facebook, Here Lies Metal. Instagram is Metal Lies Here, exactly how it's spelled, no caps or anything. And Gmail is Here Lies Metal at gmail.com. Um, it's my passion to bring you, the listeners, these tales of metal. But however, if you'd like to support us, you'd like to support the show, your donations are always appreciated. And you can find us at Here Lies Metal at Patreon. That's, that's Patreon forward slash here lies metal so hey just give a little give a buck give a quarter who cares support the show for now we don't have any we don't have any rewards yet but we're working on it t-shirts mugs something we're gonna do something soon for you but hey keep this thing going it'll be good for all of us sometimes i watch twitch channel where they people play video games and i couldn't believe it that people just simply play video games they're doing what they love and people send them money just to play video and i was like people why would you do that and 
the younger generation will tell you like, oh, that's what we do. We support our people. And in my generation, no one gave a fuck of what you did. They were like, go fuck yourself, go get a job. So we're gonna do that here too. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna ask you that you send us a quarter or a dollar or twenty dollars, whatever you want. But we're gonna keep doing this show either way. If you don't want, if you're like, go fuck yourself. I am not sending you money. I'm an old man. I am not fucking sending you money to talk about metal. That's fine. You don't have to. But I know there's some probably young people out there that are like, hey, I'll, I'll hear his money to do this. And uh, thank you. If that's you, thank you very much. Here at Here Lies Metal, we love you. We wish evil upon you from Here Lies Metal. I'm also, uh, I also, in addition to Here Lies Metal, I want to plug myself here. I also am a concert photographer and a concert reviewer for monkeygoosemag.com. So anytime I do a show, I will tell you about it. And... I will post the link. I will tell you about the link so you can check out my photography and my articles, my reviews. I do bands once in a while, local bands. Uh, this week we're doing Clutch and the Obsessed uh, at the Starland Ballroom in Slayerville, New Jersey. We'll be covering Clutch and the Obsessed and that other, that bald guy that played for some band. I don't know who he is. He's like in the middle, I think. We're gonna be covering them. We're gonna be photographing them. It'll be great. So I'll post that review on all the social media when it comes out so you can check that out and uh, that's all for today folks so uh, we'll be doing another episode next week uh, probably something about metal history maybe we'll do the uh, maybe we'll do the satanic panic or maybe we'll do uh, something something history we'll go over history we'll, we'll do a history metal podcast and you'll love it I promise you it's gonna be amazing and thank you for listening remember us on Patreon dot com forward slash here lies metal and again contact us on twitter at here lies metal facebook at here lies metal instagram metal lies here and here lies metal at gmail.com contact us talk to us tell us we suck send us hate mail do not send any severed cow heads or horse heads or explosives in the mail we don't appreciate that i just live in a house that we pay rent for so our landlord wouldn't appreciate if you blew up our house just because you like metalcore, all right? Thanks, folks. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.